Hey, it's your boy, the Big Aristotle Shack, and this is the Prime Time Podcast from the Bros Who Think Network. Bitches. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Prime Time Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, y'all's host. And today I'm joined by Josh Moyn, as always. No Oklahoma guests, so we got one of our other buddies to join us as Mike Scarborough is joining us today to break down this LSU and Oklahoma matchup. They get set to take on each other on Saturday in that first semifinal game. Uh, before we get into it, guys, how are y'all doing? Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. Yeah, doing great. Uh, Christmas is over, and, and now we're, we're counting down the uh, days to the, uh, the playoff game. Shit. Yeah, and... and Look, let's just jump right into it. LSU's a, a big favorite right now. I saw the spread at 13 and a half. I, I mean, is there some something in the background that y'all are concerned about for this game that maybe we aren't taking this Oklahoma team serious enough? Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I, I think for me that's what's in the back of, has been in the back of my mind is, you know, you start talking about intangibles for a game like this, it, it all seems to stack up in Oklahoma's favor. Um, and, and I'm talking about whether it's motivations. Look, there's the motivations of, of playing for a national championship and getting through this game. Uh, but when you've been told for several weeks, once you've been uh, – the playoff matchups were announced that uh, this one could be a runaway or you've got no chance or LSU's over a 90% chance of winning. Uh, Jalen Hurts has gone to the uh, – you know, awards ceremonies and Burrow beats him for the awards and um, the defense uh, is told they can't stop LSU. And, you know, it just, it, 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 it's, um, it's, uh, to me, that's where the motivations for Oklahoma has to be is that, uh, you know, they just, uh, everybody's counting them out and, you know, they get to rally the troops and us against the world. And, and you got, and, and then the other part of it is I think, you know, Lincoln Riley's surely going to have some new wrinkles for LSU and there's going to be some things that LSU hasn't seen yet. Yeah, I, I would second that part of it, Charles, as far as Mike goes, as intangibles. And, you know, even even for myself, I find myself getting caught up into the, you know, the spread and you hear what ESPN saying and Vegas is saying. Um, but if I'm looking at any aspect of it to, to give OU a real shot, I think, you know, they got Jalen Hurts. We know what he can do. We've seen him in Alabama. He's a special player. Um, and like Mike said, they got Lincoln Riley. He's one of the best young minds in the game. You might see him in the NFL shortly. Um, so I, I just think LSU is going to absolutely take them serious. But if OU actually wants to stay in this game, in my opinion, you'll have to see a great game from those two guys. Lincoln Riley, who's going to have to really coach it up, calls, have some great play calls, and Jalen Hurts. But that being said, Jalen Hurts can have a great game. I think he's got to play more of a, one of his perfect games but he's capable to do that. So that's that's really when I want to see early on is how to handle that QB run, how, how to handle that spread triple option like they call it. So that's that's going to be an interesting part early on. Look, guys, LSU has been busy since the end of the season. You had all the awards in, uh, in Atlanta. Then you had the award for the Heisman Trophy. You know, over and over, these guys have been dealing with press. They've been traveling like crazy. And Oklahoma's kind of just been in the background. Yeah, Jalen Hurts was at the Heisman show and you saw CeeDee Lamb there, but it seems like maybe Oklahoma's kind of been in the background. And this Oklahoma team, team that's been to the semis before, is that a concern there as well as maybe, you know, look, this is LSU's first time in the semis. It's not something they've done before. 
And I saw in today's presser, they had the media day, and LSU, you know, was loose. You know, they were more, you know, joking around. Oklahoma was like Stonewall, you know. They, they're they in there, it's like a business trip for them, and they're, they're trying to get something done. Is there any concern that LSU's not used to this, that maybe we could see something like that 2007 National Championship game against Ohio State where it took LSU a little while to get into the game? Or, or do you think LSU's going to be able to have success off the bat? I, you know, the thing I keep going back to is, look, I, I you know, when, when, when the, the, the – the playoff format came about, and of course, it's been on a rotation. And uh, the bowls that uh, participate, and it rolls into them one year, and next year they're not a part of it. To me, this week is just—it's too, too long. I, I don't like the fact that LSU got there on Sunday. All right, today's media day. All right, well, there was player interviews in Orgeron on Monday. You know, in my mind. If you if the if the if the bowl game gets ends up getting a playoff semifinal game, to me the team should have arrived today. You know, early this morning. You know, to me, you know, LSU got there Sunday. Oklahoma arrived on Monday, uh, and and I get that the, for the national championship game, it's not as many games, and it's still you know the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl. Um, you know, but but you know, I, to me the part of it is just that's that's just too many days in a hotel room. Um, and, and I would have preferred LSU to have been preparing more in, in Baton Rouge at, at home. So, but I mean, that goes for both teams. Um, but you know, I, I think, I think probably you can be more serious as a team if you don't have all the bowl festivities and you're not in, in a strange bed for six nights. No, yeah, that's, that's a good point, Mike. Uh, I mean, I, I would second that. I think it's probably a little too long. Um, it just seems like, you can see it on some of the players, and I, I don't think they mean it in a, in a bad way, Charles, uh, but they are loose. I think they're just ready to play. Like Mike said, they've been there too long. They're ready to just get out of their hotel rooms and go play a game. You could see it when those guys are talking to the media today. And even with the OU guys, you can tell that they're over the festivities, the family feud, the basketball. Let's just go play a football game and get this over with. Um, you know, I don't think LSU's overlooking them. If they're 13-0, and 0, you know, I think some of the leadership on this team – is tremendous. You look at Joe at quarterback. I don't think he's going to let these guys overlook a team like OU. I just think they're ready to play. I think it's a lot of, you know, energy that's that's just ready to be released. And those guys, like Mike's saying, they've been in a hotel too long. So I think that's really what it boils down to. Guys just want to get on the field and play some football. Well, since we don't have an Oklahoma guest, let's look at this game from the Oklahoma side first, and we'll wrap it up with the LSU side. So, Mike, I asked you this question. Since you're our standing Oklahoma guest, if you're, <laughs> at, if you're looking at this game, and you're game planning to stop this LSU offense. Where do you attack this offense? Yeah, I mean, look, you, you know they've got a good uh, a, a good linebacker. You know you got uh, Stripling, who who LSU recruited. Um, you know, uh, I've read a, a piece uh, out there where, where you know that's a matchup, uh, him versus Sadiq Charles. Um, you know, I, I I just think when you look at this game and um, I think LSU's defense are back. CeeDee Lambs is a, is a fantastic talent. And, and their whole group where they averaging like 18 yards of reception. I mean, it, 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 it's, it, it's crazy that the numbers that they put up, just like LSU. Um, the difference is, you know, when you back them off most of their Big 12 schedule, uh, those numbers kind of fall in line. And, but it's also what they do. It's what all the previous Oklahoma quarterbacks have done, uh, the two previous. So, um I don't know. I, I think 
you know, I think LSU is going to well get into the 40s score-wise. And I think in order for them to win, they're going to need some help. They're going to need some turnovers from LSU. Um, you know, if, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not in there, you, you, you need a back that's not, uh, you know, cognizant of his blocking assignment and maybe some LSU drive stalling. Uh, they've got to get more possessions than LSU. And Jalen Hurts is going to have to have the, the most extent, one of the most outstanding uh, games of his career. Um, they cannot afford turnovers. And I also think probably both teams, if they win the toss, they're going to opt to take the ball uh, at the beginning of the football game. So um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this football game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what it's going to boil down to is, what, like you alluded to, uh, Joe Burrow's a perfectionist. And secondly, I think LSU's defense is going to be more uh, apt to have multiple stops of their offense more than their defense stopping LSU's. Well, and, and you know, Oklahoma's going to have to go out there and take risk, right? Because they're not going to just be able to play coverage. If there's any place where their defense uh, is maybe weakest, it's in their secondary. And so, you know, with them taking risk and, the you know, the possibility that a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire won't be playing, that could be a concern for me if I'm LSU. I mean, that could be a spot where Oklahoma could have some success. But at the same time, you have to be cautious because Burrow is so good against the pass rush, especially pressure. Yeah, Charles. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's obviously a concern for LSU. But you look, I think we're at a point in the season, though, honestly, where these backs have, have taken a lot of reps at practice. A guy like Ty, who's, who's got plenty of reps on the field, a guy like Chris Curry looks like he's going to get some carries if Clyde can't go. I'm pretty confident. I feel confident those guys can pick up the blocking assignments. Coach O made a good point earlier in the week. They're going to have to rotate the backs to fit the assignment properly if Clyde don't go. I think that's going to be the important part if Clyde can't go is how do you use the backs? Do you use the proper backs in the situation? Um, and then you don't, you know, give your hand. You know, every time it's third and long or third down in, in a passing situation, John Emery comes in. And, you know, so you don't give the defense something to key on. Uh, I, I do think Ty would be fine, though. I, I feel like Ty could be a back that you can use in all situations if you truly needed to. Uh, it seems like he's come along very well. You know, at the point in time where you're 13-0, I just feel like these guys are, have moved on from the freshman side of things. I look at him more as a, as a sophomore at this point. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, this team, I, that's one thing. Look, there's a lot of things about this team that are just – uh, you know, phenomenal when you start comparing LSU teams to previous years and, and previous teams that were in the national championship hunt. And, and the, the one thing to me is camaraderie, team leadership, team leadership at every position group. Um, you know, and, and I think that will, it, it will, is boding well for uh, these running backs, uh, you know, Tyrion Davis-Price, um, you know, John Emery. But like you said, I think part of the reason – that those young freshmen, you know, think about what we were saying in the preseason. I mean, right. you know, how many people in the preseason were saying, well, how many games in the season will it be before John Emery's the starter? Exactly. Well, well, for, for, start, for one thing, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has had an unbelievable season. But secondly, the reason why, uh, you know, those guys aren't, haven't really seen the field is because how much of the offense do they know? You know, the fact that, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about situations – that they'll be rotated in. Well, that that's part of the re- another re- reason why you know Edward Solaire has been the workhorse is because he doesn't have to be substituted. 
He knows all. He knows the playbook backwards and forwards. He knows the blocking assignments, uh, and of course, uh, his bond with Joe Burrow is is, is been uh, noted uh, co- constantly throughout this run. Um, you know, he's just comfortable in there. But you know, th- this gives these guys time to step up. You know, it was like last Tuesday. I was at practice. I filmed Clyde at practice. He was going 100 percent, and then later that night, we get word that something happened. Like, boy, it must have happened right after they booed us out because um, <laughs> um, freak accident. Yeah. Yep. And, and, you know, the thing you kind of brought it up with Clyde, I, I think what's most valuable with him is his blocking. Yep. And for a, such a small guy, he understands, you know, his assignments when it comes to the pass protection. And that's where I'd be concerned with these guys. Look, Ty Davis has gotten more opportunity. Uh, and I think that him and John Emery would probably shoulder most of the load when it came to – pass blocking so you're gonna want you know you're gonna have some concern there but it, you know if I'm Oklahoma I 100% think Clyde's playing this game and just what are y'all th- y'all's thoughts on it do y'all think Clyde plays this game because even if I'm not Oklahoma me personally it believes he's playing man you know I it, it, one thing about Ed Orgeron um and Ensminger kind of had a little statement that kind of uh, hinted that maybe some things were that something was going to be positive for Clyde um, Ed Orgeron has been absolutely fantastic when it comes to being candid and truthful about injuries. Um, oh, almost too much. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, look, I, I don't know uh, what they're doing once the media is booted out of, of, of practices there. Um, and then all of a sudden here comes Clyde and he trots out and he's at 90% or, you know, you know, but to me, a hamstring is such a tricky thing. It, you know, they, Marucci and his staff and, and, and all those trainers, they've got a pretty good idea. And, um, you know, if, if he's at a certain percentage, it, I, they, they've got a decision to make whether to hold him back so that there's a chance that he's uh, near 100% or, or at 100% for the, uh, the national championship game. Um, or if he's, he's at a spot where, yeah, it's, it's, it's not exactly comfortable. Um, but you know he's a go. Um, you just don't want to set him back or make things worse. Yeah, <clears throat> Charles, I look at it like this. I think if he's if he's a go, and they say, look, he he's a go. I think you use him, like you mentioned, Charles. That you got he's a good pass blocker. I think you got to manage that entire situation. You can't just throw Clyde out there and expect him to be Clyde. Um, but I think you if he if he's a go, you use him. As needed, if, it, if you know it's probably more likely a passing situation, you can kind of get him in there for some pass blocking. You don't necessarily have to use him like a workhorse. You can almost use him like a decoy at times, you know. So I, I think that's where it's important because the offense is so, such an uh, assignment-driven, you know, offense. And it's kind of puts guys in c- certain positions in space that just having them on the field kind of like – kind of like the Reggie Bush effect back in the day is it's having him on the field is just a plus because then you you have to account for the guy, spread him out, put him in motion. And he might not necessarily, he might catch one ball and carry the ball three times, kind of like what happened with Georgia and Swift, but we had to account for the guy. So I think that's what, if he plays, if he does go, maybe that's kind of how we see him used. Yeah. I, I could see him as a decoy as well, you know, just have him on the field and yeah. draw some attention because, I mean, he, he gardeners a ton of attention from the defense. Right. But, you know, just from what the guys have said, if anything, you know, I can't believe Steve said what he said, but, you know, hearing <laughs> Joe talk about it today, 
uh, he said he's been running at practice. Yeah. It's like, oh, he has? Well, we haven't been seeing it. So, I mean, he's obviously doing some stuff uh, that the media is not allowed to see. But I, I do believe he ends up playing ultimately. But uh, let's continue to look at this game from the Oklahoma side. If you are Oklahoma with Jalen Hurts, look, he's had success against LSU in the past. In tough games against better defenses, you've seen Jalen have to use his legs. And that's something LSU struggled with, especially in the second half of that Ole Miss game. How do you attack this LSU defense with Jalen Hurts? Because I truly believe that, look, Lamb is a really good receiver, but I don't see him winning more than 50% of his battles against guys like Derek Stingley and Christian Fulton. Yeah, I think, look, you just got to play great assignment football, and then you've got to come in with some blitzes and get some pressure on him. Um, You know, I'm sure Rand and the staff are going to have some new things dialed up for him as well. Um, they've looked at, at, at all of the, the, the season film that they have and, and see where it's been effective. And, um, you know, that's one advantage that LSU has is when you've got, you know, Stingley and Fulton and those guys, you're able to play man coverage. And, um, you know, if you're not getting a whole lot of pressure off the edge with Chase on and whatever, you're, you're able to bring in some, some disguised and unique blitzes. Uh, to get after him, but, um, you know, but also think at the same time, you got to give Lincoln Riley credit. Um, uh, he's a, a, a fantastic offensive mind. He's going to have some unique things that he's going to want to do with Jalen Hurts, uh, and Jalen Hurts going to need to produce if, if, if they have any chance at winning this football game. So, um, but look, if you're able to contain his run and you, you're, you're forcing him to beat you with his arm, um, that that's a recipe for LSU, for an LSU win. So, um, just don't let him get uncorked in the, in the run game. Let your uh, defensive backs do what they do. Um, and, and LSU is going to win, uh, most of the time, the majority of the time between the OU offense and the LSU defense. I just, I believe that. Yeah. Mike makes a great point, Charles. That that's, that's kind of how I see it as well is that if it's me and, and I'm a Randa, I shut down the run first. I, I make Jalen Hurts prove that he can make those throws on us. Even if you got to bring an extra guy up in a box, if you got to bring, you know, seven, eight in a box, let them guys shut down the run and put it in Jalen Hurts' hand. See if CeeDee Lamb can actually beat a Stingley, a Fulton one-on-one. And, and if he can, good. You shake their hand, you move on to the next play. But I want to see it consistently. I just don't believe that they can beat our secondary consistently. I feel like our defense has really hit the stride in the defense that we expected at the, at the beginning of the season. I really like where the defense is at. I feel like they're playing with energy. They're healthy. I just, I just feel that LSU's defense has got the advantage. Put six, put seven, eight in a box. Shut down Hurts. Make them drop back and throw the football, kind of like they did with Georgia, and they just couldn't do it. So, you know, that's that's what I'll be looking for is if see if Hurts can actually use that arm to beat us. Yeah, and look, I think LSU's going to try to force them to do that. I'm not really scared of their running threat and their offensive line. I've seen them struggle and I've seen them play well. So. It's going to be, you know, one of those things to watch. And I think that a guy like Tyler Shelvin in this game is going to be huge, is making sure to keep that pocket intact around Hurts. Because when he sees those running lanes, he's going to take off. I mean, there's no question about it. Yeah. And that's where I think being able to have your cornerbacks play one-on-one on the outside is going to be huge. Uh, if, let's look at it from um, – let's look now look at it, the LSU side and what LSU needs to do to stop a guy like Jalen Hurts. who's had that success, right? And you see what John Rice – Bryce Plumlin did against uh, LSU. And so you kind of question, can LSU stop a running quarterback when you know he's going to run? And I think LSU is going to be able to put a lot of more guys in the box uh, than what they did against Ole Miss. 
I think that that was a, you know, people keep going back to that Ole Miss game. But that, you know, first half, Ole Miss didn't have much success, right? And, you know, Ogeron comes out with uh, Holly Rowe and says, oh, yeah, look, we score one more touchdown. We're taking Burrow out. I think the team had the mindset that the game was already over. I, I don't think that happens in this game. I, I think LSU has some success. I think that's why the point spread is so big. Even though Oklahoma statistically is the second best offense in the country, I think LSU is going to have some success against Oklahoma's offense. Yeah. No, no, I mean, that's it. I absolutely believe that. Charles, when you, when you look at the when you look at the uh, those games, Oklahoma in the conference championship with Baylor, you know it, they were doing that some of that stuff with a backup quarterback and a third string quarterback. And I went back and watched those games, Charles, and it's just I, I just LSU the level of talent LSU is playing with, the level of talent that LSU is going to put on the field. And I just feel that LSU matches up really well with, with what's going on. You know, it hurts to have to like Mike said earlier, he's going to have to play a perfect game. And if, if that's the case, that's the case. You shake their hand after the game and you walk away and say, hell of a game. But I just – I can't see that happen. I just – like I'd say to before, I think the defense hits her stride. I think LSU is able to move the football against the guys. When you go back and watch the film as well, uh, they lost their start in safety. If you go back and watch the film, he was a big part of what they did on, on defense. And he was a guy that really relied on. You know, I'm not a OU uh, – guy so when I went back and watched a lot of film and you really see how much he was involved and losing Perkins their top guy who's a their sack leader it's going to be tough it's going to be tough for Oklahoma to get some pressure on Joe and that offense so you know it, it should be one of them games like Mike said I think it's a high scoring game you try to make Oklahoma keep up with you I just at the end of the day I don't think they can you know and, and I've been thinking about this some of the things we were talking about in this podcast you know it's like okay uh, the the intangibles, uh, is it uh, way too many people saying LSU is going to win this one in a waltz? You know, is, is it, uh, and I'm going back and forth, is it better for LSU to come out guns a-blazing and start right. fast? Or is it better maybe if Oklahoma actually comes out and punches LSU in the mouth and they realize, okay, we better buckle down. I mean, and then the rest of the, and then LSU takes over. I, I, I guess the, the, the second uh, option is, is if uh, you're worried that LSU's, gotten complacent or, or uh, spent too many days in Atlanta or, or, or whatever. They're believing that uh, this is going to be an easier affair than it's supposed to be. Yeah, look, it, it, I, I look at this, and if Oklahoma's going to have success, you know, obviously they're going to have to have a really good game from Jalen Hurts, but time of possession is going to be huge. This team is a team that averages uh, 31 minutes, almost 32 minutes uh, of holding on to the ball throughout the game. Different from an offense that we're used to seeing Oklahoma that scores fast. This one was definitely more about ball control, and I think that helps their defense out. But if anything, this team turns the ball over. Uh, they had 10 turnovers uh, on the ground through fumbling. They threw seven picks. Uh, they're one of the worst teams in terms of turnover uh, turnover differential in the country. And that's why when I look at LSU's offense against their defense, I'm not concerned about them being able to stop us at all. It's more of... Where do we want to attack? Do we want to attack through the air or through the, or, uh, through the running game? Because I think LSU is going to be able to do both with a lot of success. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if LSU puts 50 in this game. Yeah, yeah and a couple, of turnovers, a couple of turnovers absolutely sinks them. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. and that's what I was saying. I was, yep, that's what I was about to say is if they end up turning the ball over two, three, four times, it's, it's a wrap. They, they just can't handle that. So it would be a long day for those guys if they have a bunch of turnovers. But yeah, I mean, where if you're LSU's offense, where do you attack this Oklahoma defense? Uh, besides, you know, flipping a coin and trying to decide which guy to throw to or, or when to run the ball. I think it's all there for you. I, I don't know where there's anything you're avoiding. 
I think you do what you do. You run your offense, and, uh, you know, Burrow goes through his progressions, and I, I think it's all there for him. I, I don't see where there's anything on, that, on their side of the ball defensively that, uh, you know, has Joe Burrow uh, uh, and Joe Brady and Ensminger altering what they, that, what they want to do. Yeah, no, I would second that absolutely. When you turn the film on, Jaws, it's yeah. I mean, I was I was trying hard to look for an area maybe that you want to stay stay away from. Knowing Perkins is out, knowing they're losing their start in safety, I think LSU comes out and runs their offense like like we've seen all year. And Oklahoma is going to have to prove it to Joe and Joe Brady and that 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 they can make stops. And uh, you know, maybe they can. That that'd be great. I just think LSU. I expect them to take shots early. You know what I expect is to put that secondary on their heels early and make them guys cover quick, try to hit them over the top early and often. And if they can take the will away like they've done to a lot of these teams early, go up 14, 21 points, I think that's what LSU is going to try to do again. All right, well, let's move on to getting some predictions. Uh, I think we all have LSU winning this game and winning by a good margin. Go ahead and just give me y'all scores. Uh, Mike, I'll start with you first. Uh, I- I'm going to go 45-28. Josh? Yeah, I'm, I'm almost right there. I'm going to go 48-28. Uh, I think Oklahoma gets a couple touchdowns maybe late. It's just getting how it all plays out. Uh, but, yeah, I got LSU 48-28. I just don't think they can keep up with the speed in the offense of LSU. Look, uh, I think it's going to be similar to that Alabama game in the first half where it was 33-13. I, I think the difference is, is LSU is going to continue to keep their foot on the gas pedal. Uh, I think LSU wins this, this game. By a uh, by a very large margin, I think they end up winning uh, fifty two to twenty four. Um, Holy smoke! Whoa! in Vegas. I think LSU puts up a ton of points. I, I don't think Oklahoma can stop them. And with the loss of a safety, their best pass rusher, I, I'm I'm concerned. If I'm Oklahoma, I, I mean it, the fans. Man, know Charles it. is getting everything he wanted for Christmas. That's it. Hey, I, hey, Mike, I'm tagging every single OU person I know on Twitter when I when I put this out. Yeah. <laughs> and they can present an argument, but it's not going to be a good one. But I, I think Saturday is going to be a good game. Uh, before we wrap up, I do want to get y'all's pick for the other semifinal game with Clemson and Ohio State, a game that, man, looking at it, it's hard to decide or have a clear-cut favorite to win that game. Go ahead, Mike. I'll let you go first. Man, I tell you, it, it is. Um Man, I'm going Buckeyes. I, I I think I think Ohio State wins that game. Um, and uh, but I don't have a score yet. Um, I, I I'll tell you what. I'll I'll, I'll go uh, 35-28 Buckeyes. Yeah, that I think it's going to be a really good game. I just think that's the, I'm really looking forward to watching that game. I like Clemson in that game to be able to challenge the OSU in the secondary. I just think they haven't seen a passing attack like that. But I'll go with Clemson. Uh, 35 to 31, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if OU wins that game. And I actually would rather OU win it from the standpoint of all the different angles, Mike, that we can, that you can, we could cover, you know, Ohio state and Joe Burrow, and it's going to be a down New Orleans. So I'd rather OSU win that game. I think it'd be a fun national championship. I just think Clemson's going to uh, want to be able to pull it out, but it's going to be a great game. Oh, look, <laughs> I, I agree with you there, Josh. I think Clemson wins the game. And I think it's because I don't know what Oak, uh, OSU can do an offense against Clemson, but there's so much unknown about Clemson right. because of their schedule. Look, could Clemson come out and get curb stomped? Absolutely, right? Yep. We know Ohio State is a good team, but if Clemson plays to their potential, you know, I, I think they could win this game 35 to, you know, 24. 
Um, and, and it'd be one of those games where it's competitive for most of it, but Clemson is able to pull away. And they're going to be able to do a lot with uh, that running back from Louisiana that we let slip away. But mm. speaking of letting things slip away, let's wrap up with recruiting. Uh, Mike, we didn't really get your thoughts on the on this recruiting class. Just wanted to know what you thought about who else you ended up bringing in. You know, look, I like the class. Um, you know, I, I think, look, losing the two receivers on, on signing day was 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 a blow. Um, bit of dirty pool as well. Um, you know, Birch has certainly made things interesting. Um, announces to South Carolina, doesn't sign. January is going to be extremely um, uh, interesting because, you know, we are, we all pretty much believe that Zach Evans is in, has signed with, with Georgia. Um, so where does LSU go for a running back? You're looking at six spots. And you and you know I, I've been working on a, on a war room and, and a recruiting reset piece. And when you start going position by position, as to who can fill out the rest of this class, I think all of a sudden you start saying, you know what? Is there maybe a spot or two that get held back for for a grad transfer? Um, you know, it, it, whereas you know a month ago we w- we wouldn't have been talking that way. Um, you know, we, we can talk about uh, Gibbs. It, it could be a running back, Georgia Tech commitment. Um, but you know, he's going to visit Ohio state. That's not going to be a slam dunk. Um, so I think LSU's certainly on one hand, they're uh, preparing for the playoff game, but, uh, I think they immediately started uh, going over their board and, and coming up, starting to come up with a game plan, um, for once the, uh, the quiet and dead periods end and and what they can get done in, in January. Um, but, um, they need a running back. We'll see what happens offensive line. Uh, McKinley Jackson, to me, is going to be a big, big focus um, the rest of the way. And then, you know, what do they do for another wide receiver? Uh, is there a possibility of, of another safety? Um, it's it's all going to be interesting. Then you got Tyke's Crawford out there and, and, and how, how some of that stuff might play out late. Yeah, look, yeah. I – I think it's a good class, Josh. If I, I we got your thoughts on it, we actually got both of y'all's thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a recruiting day pod, but just you know, looking back on it and looking forward, if you could have it, with the six spots we have left, mm-hmm. and yes, we have two guys that are signed, and they may keep both. Both of those guys may not end up at LSU. How would you want to finish out in terms of positions of players, not names? Uh, this class, how would you want to finish out and how many spots would you keep open for maybe a grad transfer? Yeah, I would, when I, like Mike said, he was kind of looking at the board and, and, and I did the same thing kind of looking at, and I kind of kept coming back to that. Charles is like, you know what, the way this team's built now and, you know, they've brought in some great talent over the last three years that maybe, O goes out and finds, I was thinking maybe, you know, a grad transfer and a portal guy, maybe he goes and gets two guys. I know he kind of hinted at that, that he's definitely going to be looking that way. <clears throat> so I definitely could see LSU using two spots for maybe grad transfer. Maybe you find a portal guy and they fill the other four. Like Mike said, I think they definitely want to get a running back, maybe one more wide receiver. And I think you should never have too many guys in the trenches. I would like to like Crawford and McKinley Jackson. Mike, like you said, I think they're going to go all in on Jackson and they want to get him because you add him, Mike, already to this class of defensive line. I tweeted this out. I think you have a transcendent 
class on the defensive line that could carry this program for the next two or three years. I just think it's so good. And I think they're going to be all out to try to get him to sign. Yeah, I, I when I, I went and filmed him in Mississippi, and uh, I, I was blown away by him. And yeah. I came back, and I'm like, you know, if you had to choose between him and Jacoby and Guillory, and I'm like, you know, at the time, it was like, okay, well, which whichever one commits first. Um, of course, mm-hmm. you know, Jacoby was done LSU for a long time. But I like, man, there – you, you, if you could have both those guys, plus Jaquel and Roy and Gay and, and, and uh, your edge rushers and, and, and everything else that, that's a part of this class, um, you know, this defensive line group combined with what would be returning, all of a sudden you've got uh, a defensive line that's able to rotate and, and, is, mm-hmm. and is able to have those prolonged uh, games uh, next year uh, if the offense is still prolific. Uh, and, and not uh, spending much time on the field. Right. Well, yeah. look, I, I think LSU finished up well. I think they're going to finish up well, and there's a lot of things going on in LSU's favor. Hey, guys, I, I don't know about y'all, but I think the best part about it is I turn on SEC Network, and it's all LSU right now, uh, <laughs> and it's not Alabama. So, yes, it is 100% <laughs> a good time and a great Christmas for LSU fans. But before we get out of here, Mike, want to ask what you got going on over there at the website uh, in terms of this game coming up on Saturday? Got a lot of stuff on TigerBait.com, a lot of, uh, obviously, game coverage, and uh, just about everything on the site right now is free. Um, but we're about to start loading in a lot of recruiting stuff here uh, in the next couple of days, premium recruiting stuff. So go to TigerBait.com, try the $1 trial period you get on the site for a week, and uh, we've had an incredible run of new subscriptions uh, the last three weeks. We set records uh, last week. So in um, our page views, uh, I, I, we, we've done more page views in, uh, last week. I think we did more page views in a two- or three-day stretch last week than we did all of, like, October of 18. Wow. Uh, the page views have just been insane. So uh, Tiger Bait uh, in its new form now about 16 months uh, 17 months, and it's been phenomenal. So check us out at TigerBait.com. Well, make sure you check him out at TigerBait.com. Give Mike a follow on Twitter at Scarborough Mike. Also give Josh a follow on Twitter at LSUFBallTruth. And check out LSUFBallTruth.com. If you don't follow the Primetime Podcast on Twitter already, do so uh, at Primetime underscore pod. Check out our podcast as we had a lot of stuff over the past couple of weeks talking recruiting and leading up to this semifinal game. And we'll have that recap after the game uh, before the first, hopefully. So, um, But, hey, guys, looking forward to a awesome weekend of football. It should be a good one. No doubt. No doubt. And I uh, hope everybody had a uh, Merry Christmas. And um, if we don't talk before then, a Happy New Year. Yeah, Charles, absolutely. I hope everybody had a good Christmas and a good holiday. Let's hope LSU can get a win and we keep extending this special season. You know, I, I say it all the time. And I know Mike does, too, as well. Just try to enjoy it, man. This is a special season. I see too many LSU fans still griping. You ain't got nothing to gripe about. This is special. Enjoy it with your family. Watch these games because this is, you know, this is a really, really special time for LSU and, and, and its football program. So, you know, keep, keep enjoying that as best as you can. Yeah, if you want to gripe about something, go watch the Pelicans. But for Mike <laughs> Burrow and Josh Savoy, my name is Charles Reese, your host. Y'all have a great week. Enjoy some football on Saturday. And happy holidays. As always, God bless. Ooh, I bet you